Hey everyone, welcome to uh, this episode of the Channel 42. So what we've got going on guys, what's, what's in the news? What's happening in the world? Well, there was uh, recently just on Twitter, I, I think it was uh, Raymond Hendricks, uh, you know, our friend from the Netherlands. I saw him post about this little uh, thing on Kickstarter. It's called the, uh, the Tamagotchi or the, the Flipper Zero, Tamagotchi for Hackers. Uh, and basically, yes. it's the, yeah, you sent me that. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if you had a chance to, to check it out or see what's all, all in it, but it looks like it's, um, it's intended kind of for uh, more of the security people to uh, test and emulate and play around with different uh, radio radio technologies, but built right into the Tamagotchi itself, this little flipper. Um, it has the ability to, uh, to inter interface with uh, RFID card systems, with uh, NFC, uh, Bluetooth, uh, low energy, so the BLE stuff. Uh, a lot of cool technology all built into a small little handheld uh, device. So it's like a Kickstarter project, right? Yeah, that's right. It is. Yeah. And I think uh, at least uh, I think you were checking this out earlier. Just uh, while we're recording, there's 41 hours uh, left to order one of these guys. I think we're going to miss that by the time we release our um, our video. It's a Kickstarter project, but it's going to be available afterwards, isn't it? I assume. I would assume so. Yes. Well, I hope so. Or if not. Maybe I'll buy two on the Kickstarter and sell one for like, you know, $10,000 or something like that. <laughs> Maybe not. That's a good one. <laughs> I will, um, I'll tell you what I'll do is I'll, I will put uh, a short link on this video once we pass it through post-edit. And uh, so approximately now, you should see something go across the screen. Let's see if I can tie that together, right? That'd be perfect. So I'll put a link on the screen uh, to this website. Um, I'll put that on so people can go and take a look. And uh, I think I need to order mine as well, actually, Troy, thanks for the reminder, dude. I'll order mine. So it does- uh, It look, uh, looks like a cool thing, yeah. There's a lot of stuff, right? It's, it's kind of, it looks like a little, it does look like a little tam Tamagotchi toy, but it does, I think there's a, on the video, it shows you a guy messing with a, um, a what do you call it, the, Barriers, those little gates, those um, bar, bar gates, whatever. Bar gates, yeah. yeah. Uh, I saw also it does BLE, and I saw, like you said, RFID and things. There's um, a lot of functionality coming out in the initial release, and I'm assuming they're going to keep going with it. Yeah, that? it looks like it's uh, open source. They're releasing uh, an SDK to go along with it. Uh, it takes micro uh, SD cards, so you can uh, change the images. Uh, a small LCD display, so you get uh, a little bit of visual indicator of what's, what's going on. Uh, and then the controls, it's almost like a little uh, joystick, like a thumb pad type thing. So it's fairly simple, it looks like, to, to navigate and interface with. Uh, tons of flexibility, it looks like, uh, going forward. So it can uh, really take off and uh, add more functionality to it as, as things progress. Uh, it also has uh, modules uh, that you can add on later for additional support. Do you know what their, the Kickstarter goal was? Uh, no. Uh... See if I can uh, dig that up. Oh, it says they wanted sixty thousand. Oh, it just changed. Um, it, if I'm reading it correctly, it says that they got four million. So I think they've achieved their goal, right? Yeah. Uh, four million is pledged. Up sixty thousand goal. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool, man. It, yeah, it yeah, they've like blown their goal out of the park. Yeah. Well, if you look at what it does, it's, I, I'm just looking at it now, it's got a chip in it that does 
multiple frequencies below one gig. So it does a lot of sub one gig stuff. Mm-hmm. Which I don't think anyone has experimented with before, have they? That I'm aware a of. A lot of the, the RFID stuff is all sub one gig. Or yeah, a lot of it. That's what I'm saying. So I, I've never seen yeah. any other tools that do a lot of sub one gig. Yeah, that was uh, years ago. I used to, uh, to you'd order those little electronic packages, and you have to build your own little handheld or like your own little uh, homebrew antennas, where you'd wrap a bunch of copper coil together and uh, tape it up, and then try try make your antenna so that you could uh, scan and read uh, NFC uh, or uh, the RFID communication, you know, nice. to 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 capture the uh, the security badge when it gets sensed by by a reader. But it was kind of kludgy and and it was big and bulky, and it only worked with RFID, whereas this little Tamagotchi device. Not only does it support RFID, but also NFC and BLE, so a whole bunch of different uh, radio technologies in this handheld form factor, convenient case. So it, it looks really slick, and it's, uh, again, the SDK that's uh, being published with it uh, allows for a lot of flexibility going forward. Well, once, once they launch it and you know, we, we've met our pledges and they arrive, maybe a future episode could be on this little device and the fun and games we've had with it. Yeah, NFC. for sure, yeah. Cool. All right. Thank you, sir. Do you have any other news, exciting things going on? Uh, WTF is coming up, I believe, in uh, soon. What are we, about, about a month away from it? Yeah, about a month, yeah. So the last yeah. week of September is when it uh, gets going. Yeah, uh, so they have I, the boot camps before the conference, and then yes, uh, the conference no. itself kicks off. I, that's, I was using that as a bit of a segue there. The boot camps, okay? Um, what do you... What do you what have you heard about the new boot camps, Troy? Um, which one are you sitting on? I'm sitting on the connectivity boot camp. Yeah, me too. Yeah, because that's going to be all about IoT, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm, yes. I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be very interesting, I think. Um, so let me take another segue from that then and, and talk about today's main topic and link into it, the concept of certification and well i suppose once you mention certification the options are do you pay to attend an official class or do you self-study i suppose you could also sit an unofficial class when i say unofficial you can find somebody on the internet teaching something for something Mm. i i personally stay away from well, Cisco's got the word gray training. It's non-authorized. So you've got authorized, non-authorized, and self-study. Now, I so far this year, I've signed up for understanding nuclear physics, how to learn to play the piano, and a little bit about some other things, something about advanced hacking and cross-site scripting and things. And I've got all these sitting in my, you know, $10 a piece internet account. Um, I've, sat, I've sat some of these $10 a piece online things. And I think I, I must have bought about 50 of them over the last couple of years. And I've only actually paid for some of them. Some of them are a very small number are very, very good. And most of them are a $10 course on something, right? It's like maybe it's somebody talking on really bad video or just talking really slowly or badly with a strange accent. 
and slides are coming up and there's no explanation. So let me ask, let me ask you then first, Troy, what do you think about official versus unofficial versus self-study? What are your thoughts? Yeah, so, so most of the, the studying that, I, that I've done in the past has been uh, self-study. And uh, so to, to make that uh, more efficient and more useful, uh, often I have to wait until uh, there's uh, material available to self-study, right? So if you look at the, you know, a lot of the, the, the early uh, Cisco wireless training for the CCIE wireless, uh, there wasn't a lot of uh, published formal kind of self-study documentation for that. So it's basically reading through a lot of their, uh, their web-based documentation, their design guides, uh, you know, uh, published um, you know, notices that they had and just reading through all that. But it wasn't really um, in an organized, you know, easy to digest kind of kind of matter or, or, or um, um, form or material. Um, whereas if you look at, uh, you know, the CWP program, you know, they, they have their, their books that you can order. You could read through that. You can study that. Uh, it's a little bit more organized and self-contained. Um, I also found that self-study to be more cost-effective. Uh, well, not necessarily cost-effective, but uh, it fell within my price range for what I was looking to do because I, I funded a lot of my own my own studying. Um, if you have you know the corporation, or if you have you know the 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 money that you want to behind it, um, instructor-led training, uh, the official study training, I, I think it's fantastic. Uh, just kind of depends what uh, model you're fitting for. So I, I did a lot of self-study training. Uh, it, it worked uh, well well for me. Um, that's uh, I guess my preference uh, is. If, if you can and you can afford it, uh, instructor-led trainings uh, probably the ideal way to go if you get a good instructor. Uh, some of the instructors, you know, you, you could have just read a book and it would have been the same. But if you get a great instructor and uh, you can carve out that one week, I think it's fantastic training. Uh, but it also matters what uh, level you're going for. Um, you know, look at a lot of the CCI boot camps. Uh, if you take an instructor-led CCI boot camp, uh, you're drinking from the fire hose in that, you know, that one or that two-week uh, training window. So for the, at the CCI level, I often viewed and I recommend to people that the, the instructor-led classes, not to start with that, it's more like finishing school. It's that final test mark to see how close are you or how ready do you think you are for the exam. If, if you sit one of those classes, hopefully it fine-tunes your knowledge that you're not hearing a lot of things for the first time during, during that class, but it gives you tips and techniques to improve your, your command line speed uh, faster, approaches to answering uh, the questions and getting the configuration tasks uh, accomplished. But I, but I wouldn't start with instructor-led training for that. So that, that's kind of my take on different levels. I, I don't think there's absolutely one right way or the only way to do things. It just kind of depends on, on your evolution, your training style, uh, your budget, and your timeline to accomplish your goals. Now, that was an awesome answer because there were about seven answers there, Troy. Before, <laughs> before I go to Troy, I want to... I want to do Mr. Sam Clements proud now, and I want to say it really comes, to, comes down to it depends, right? It depends. And it depends on your budget. If you can't afford to do a class, maybe you can afford to buy a book. But I, I, now, full disclosure here, I work for a training company. We do training consultancy, so it's, obviously it's in my interest for y'all to come back and do training with us. But I genuinely believe the best way you can learn a new subject is to attend a training class, okay? Because it teaches you what you need to know. Now, maybe you can't afford that because they're not cheap. Whatever training you're doing, they're not cheap. Um, you can get some good stuff on the online courses. But again, you know, 
if someone sell, if someone offers you a car, hey, I got a BMW for sale for three hundred dollars, you're gonna think, hmm, is this like seven series, fresh off off the shop floor, or is it like a thirty year old rust bucket? Now, for three hundred dollars, it's gonna be a, a rust bucket. Now, I'm not saying that all are the same, but some of the online stuff isn't as good as it could be. Um, if you can afford it, I would agree 100%. Do the official training because it's the most up-to-date, remember. CWNP, Cisco, all the other training companies, CompTIA, they, they prepare. Well, actually, let me take a point with this. They prepare the classes for the exam. Cisco no longer does that. Cisco have now stated that come into class isn't your preparation for the exam. You must do other work as well. But as far as I'm concerned, CWNP and CompTIA, the, the idea is when you come to class and you pay attention and you do the labs, it prepares you for the exam. Now, the second point you raised, I, I might come back to later, I think, Troy, I agree with you 100%. If you're doing advanced classes like CCIE, you want to learn as much as you can beforehand and then go to finishing school. A lot of people go to the CCIE boot camp and they've never seen BGP before or, or 802.1 XE or something. And you don't want to be going down a rabbit hole of learning something at that class. Now, if it's, if it's something specific, absolutely. Um, but I, I agree with you 100%. If you go to one of the advanced boot camps, the more you learn beforehand, the better. However, I will say to students, if they say, How, what can I do to prepare to come to the CWSP class or CWDP class? I'm like, nothing. Come to class. Because if you, if, you, if you spend a week reading, you're going to have that much knowledge. And it may mislead you. I'd rather you come to class so I can teach you and then spend a week reading and you'll read the same material and you'll get like my arms are off the scale here. You'll get so much more of it. So what I do say though is if you want to read something and you come to CWDP or CWAP or CWSP, make sure you've reread the CWNA book. Yeah. Um, so let me then tour, same question. What do you think about instructor led, um, authorized, unauthorized and self-study? Before I do say that, one more thing I want to say is I think you've got to be very disciplined to do self-study. Would you guys agree? Self-study doesn't work for everybody. If you're new totally. to the subject, self-study may not be the best at all. Yeah, I totally agree on, the, on the, your comment on self-study. Um, when, when I'm uh, going to, to kind of ingest or get some new knowledge, uh, new technology uh, knowledge, I prefer to uh, to attend uh, a class. Um, one of the things that it, it gives me is actually it, it 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 helps me focus because I I am really bad at uh, oh there's a squirrel um, and then I'm I'm sidetracking and doing other stuff uh, when I'm doing self study, um, especially when I have to read stuff. Um, I, I I I should say that I've been a uh, a long time uh, teacher trainer, so of course I'm used to to read content, uh, understand it, uh, and be able to to kind of explain how it works and formulate uh, for for the students. But for myself, 
attending a class is uh, that's uh, that's the number one because I, it it helps me focus. Um, my approach uh, when when we're dealing with certification is to attend the class, learn the new technology, all the specific uh, things. Uh, I've I've been sitting a Hyperflex class uh, this week. I have no clue about what it is, but uh, now it's 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 a bit more clear. Um, and and uh, and the next step for me doing that is actually to get some hands on. Yeah. So I'm 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 uh, really for uh, what works for me is set the class, learn the the theoretical stuff, uh, and I'm not reading the the week after. I'm building the setup, yeah. and then I'm trying to break it, see what I could do with it, uh, see if if what the vendor or CWNP has stated really is true. Um, and they usually are, but uh, I would like to have uh, it verified because that actually makes my synapses uh, getting thicker. So I remember thing and understand it. Uh, and as you said, Troy, uh, once uh, I've done that, that then I will go for the boot camp because then I'm I'm in at a level, and students would be in at a level where they can. Uh, uh, formulate qualified questions in just instead of just sitting and listening so it's kind of a sparring instead of just receiving and it's so much much better to wait with the boot camp uh, until you have uh, a proper level of knowledge yes mm -hmm. i agree on that so i like one thing you said then Tor. you said about new so let me take my experience i've been doing wireless for the longest time Let's say that I had to go and learn a new vendor's wireless product. I don't think it would do me any harm whatsoever to read up on that product. And I could probably do that self-study. I wouldn't need to attend the class. But I was just thinking, what about learning the piano? I've never played the piano. If I was to do a self-study class on playing the piano, I'd, there would be noise coming out. Now, just spending one hour with a teacher he or she would be like, hey, no, don't do that. You know, don't put your fingers up like this. Put your hands like this. A little bit of knowledge like that could save me months of wasted time because, you know, this is how I play the piano. No, no, no. Rest, relax, play the piano. with That, that type of knowledge is if it's something you're new at. That sort of knowledge is invaluable, I feel, when you go on a class. And there's, a, there's another scenario as well. What if I was going to do a, an outdoor bridge product? Okay, I could probably do it uh, self-study because I know the rules of wireless. I know six decibel, double the distance, you lose six decibels. I know Wi-Fi basics, but I don't know how to climb up a pole and attach a bridge. So I think there's three levels here. If you kind of know the product and it's, or you know the subject and it's a, a variation of, I think self-study is easy for everybody. But if it's a brand new subject, I think it's invaluable to attend with an expert, whether it's a, an hour with a piano teacher or a couple of days with an instructor. And even if you sit in the middle, the middle one, where you know a lot of the product, but it's a new type of implementation. An example we talked about earlier, what about mesh? We all know Wi-Fi, 
But when you start working with mesh, each vendor has its own unique way of doing mesh. So sure, you could self-study the mesh, but it's still going to be faster to gain the knowledge if you spend a little bit of time on the mesh class. Does that make sense to everybody? What do you think, uh, Troy? What do you think? I think it makes uh, some sense. I, I just want to counter it uh, just to, to to make the conversation a little little more interesting. Uh, if, if if there's no uh, easily uh, available material that helps guide you or walk you through that process on self study, then absolutely um, having someone you know sit by your side, having that mentor, that instructor, kind of guide you through those early on steps, uh, that becomes critical to to the learning efficiency. But once uh, once a, a training program or if you know it's really well written documentation becomes available, uh, that makes the self study process much much easier, and I find it's much more scalable. Um, Instructor led training I, I don't think scales very well, uh, but if you have self study, uh, which could be online content, could be you know blogs, books, uh, just documentation that's available, it uh, becomes open to such a, a wider, wider audience and that uh, dissemination of knowledge becomes incredibly valuable. Uh, just the, the instructor uh, training, it, it's very efficient, it's very tightly bundled. Uh, you get a lot of custom uh, training to, to find you know, efficiencies that, that would improve your abilities and allow you to, to ramp up your knowledge a, a lot faster, a lot quicker. Uh, it just, um, my concern about the instructor-led training is just limited scale. and I. I'm a huge fan of getting as much information out there to as many people as is possible and really pushing the, the scalability side of things. So I'll counter your counter with not everybody can do that. Not, not everybody can do the self-study because it could take discipline, right? Yeah, I, I, yeah, what, I, what I will also it, say... It depends, on the, it depends on the maturity level. Yes. So, yes. Yeah, and that, that's, that's the case here. Um, I, I got triggered by something you said, Phil. Uh, um, when when you learn new stuff, when I have to know, learn entirely new stuff, not something that I'm an ex expert in, then I I I really enjoy sitting in a class or have someone tell me how it works. Because if I'm self-studying that, I have a tendency to uh, oh I might go out of uh, of the wrong tangent uh, wrong direction uh, whereas if i have uh, a class i i'll be guided in the, the right direction and once you get a maturity level that is good enough for me to climb uh, farther up the mountain um, then i can do it what, what you're saying Troy. um mm -hmm. so and, and that's that's actually what i do and i think we all do it when we reach a certain level, we try to to reach the expert level by digging into it ourselves. Yep. Uh, one of the things with with and 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 I think we and uh, I think most of our listeners uh, would be expert in a specific field. I, for my part, if 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 I um, get a challenge and got a new oven, we got a new oven. Uh, that's really challenging because that's uh, an oven with a touch screen and uh, I give you not, there's so many things. And uh, and being an expert in Wi-Fi, being an expert in uh, so many other things, I got really pissed off on this uh, stupid oven because I, I really, I, I felt this, oh, now I'm really down at the bottom level and I didn't like that. 
So my wife took over. Uh, she read the manual and she told me how to do it now. <laughs> now I, I'm on a maturity level where I can, oh, now I'll try to experiment with that oven going forward. And I think that goes for learning in general, um, attending classes, get a proper direction, um, try out uh, on the internet to see if you can uh, pick up uh, new uh, resources, um, build the systems, uh, break the systems, uh, and so on. Yes. So a couple of things I want to come around to. First of all is the one that Troy said. You mentioned custom courses. Sometimes the problem is, is you want to learn how to do X, Y, and Z, but the course covers A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, L, L, X, Y, Z. Um, now, as a training company, we can do what, what, what in England we call bespoke classes or custom classes. So we can do a custom class for you focused on some. So the very first thing we say to you is, do you care about the exam? Because if you care about the exam, we've got to cover the material in the course and, and the exam. But if you just want to learn routing an OSPF, we can take a class that covers all the other things and focus more on the aspects of those things. And that's a custom class, okay? Now, the bad news is we aren't going to do that for you, Bob. Now, if Bob and five of your friends can come along, there's like a minimum number because of the development and the fine-tuning of that class. So, hey, can you, can you do a custom class for me, for me and my 20 friends? Absolutely. Can you do a custom class for me and my brother? Well, that's, that's difficult because it's going to cost more. Okay? So maybe when you're looking for a particular type of information for your team, talk to, the, talk to our training company, hopefully, ncxquip.com. Like, talk to us about fine-tuning the class to your needs. Absolutely. Now, the other point I want to get around to is something that Tor said, which I'm going to pause for dramatic effect now read the manual all right little confession oh, yeah. for you we talked earlier that i just set up my bit defender box it was the easiest thing in the world i know asa firewalls i know palo alto firewalls i know firewalls how hard can it be right i plugged in my bit defender box uh did whatever doesn't work call support okay it needs a license I called support and support said, oh, okay, sure, I can fix it. They sent me a license and it worked. Then I just happened to be sitting there waiting for the support guy to do something. I read the pamphlet that came with Bitdefender Box. Step number one, make sure you've set up your account before you continue, right? And the guy comes back and says, have you set up the account? And I was like, no. <laughs> oh, let's do that for you now, sir. And the guy was ever so helpful. But I'm sat there going, oh, my gosh. I didn't read the manual, guys, because I know how to set up firewalls. And it could have saved me a lot of time, right? If only I just read. And it was like a little pamphlet of like, what, four sides. And step number one, make sure you've set up your account before you continue. And I was like, yay, fixed it. Like you said earlier, Tor, you know, you, uh, you said your wife read the manual and she taught you. Because I come from the old days of, IT support where the manual is put behind glass 
and you know, in case of emergency, break glass, right? Yes. We don't want to read the manuals. Troy, what do you think? Cheating, right? Yeah, we treat the manual as cheating. Yes. <laughs> what do you think, Troy? Yeah, so, so just uh, thinking maybe uh, take this uh, conversation a, a little bit of a different direction there. We're talking about uh, certifications and knowledge and self-study. Uh, the question is, um, what is the value of certification? What, what benefits do, do, do they bring? Yeah, and so... If I can interrupt. So, so a quick poll. Do you think they're valuable? I, I say yes. Troy? I think that's such an open question. I don't see how you could yeah. not think they're valuable. And Tor? Absolutely. So, Troy, sorry to interrupt you. You're on a roll then. So, tell us why they're valuable then, please. Yes. So, we talked about, uh, you know, self-study, getting access to, to information that, uh, you know, you gave the example, if you just want to accomplish X, Y, and Z, but you take a whole training program or an instructor-led class or you read a book where it teaches you, you know, A, a through, through Z, why, why, if you only care about X, Y, Z, or Z, why, why read all that extra, extra fluff there? Uh, and this is kind of where the, the value, I think, of, of certifications lead to. Is if, if you just focus on the X, 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 Y, Z, you miss out on a lot of different information, right? So if, if you're just trying to accomplish a single task and you have a lot going on and you need to move on to the next, ta uh, next task, well, maybe, you know, studying and investing the time in certification, maybe that's not the, the right approach for you. But if you're in the pursuit of knowledge and you want to expand your mind and learn different ways, you know, products or systems, protocols, technologies can be used. Um, so that you have that information that if you are presented with a challenge later on, you know, a month, six months, a year down the road, you have kind of that, that foundational knowledge where it wasn't immediately applicable at the time, but because you had to learn that knowledge as part of your, your certification pursuit, well, now you, you're increasing your, your level of knowledge, your level of exposure and experience. And so I think that that provides a lot of value for the certifications. Uh, I also personally, I, I'm a self-confessed certification junkie. I really enjoy going down the certification path because it, it draws a line in the sand, right? I have to commit to a date uh, to challenge that exam. I have to learn a bunch of material and then I have to, to write an exam or, you know, uh, complete some sort of test that, that proves or validates that, uh, that I learned something, right? And there are a certain amount of flaws with different exams and formats, stuff like that, but, but, but it's some benchmark where I can prove to myself that, hey, that, the, the, all that investment that I just put in, that I actually learned something as a result of, of that. And, and that's one of the reasons I, I'm a big fan of certifications. Uh, what about uh, you, your, you, Tor? Uh, what, what are your thoughts on, on the, the benefits of certifications? It, it's, it's pretty much uh, all, almost the same as you say there. Um, for me, uh, the, the benefit of certification, it's obvious. You can, you can present uh, to someone else that you have uh, at least a certain amount of knowledge uh, on a specific topic, yes. Um, but uh, for me, I, I think as you mentioned, the journey to getting the certification is actually the, the big prize yeah. you're getting. Mm -hmm. That's a key. Because, uh, and, and, and one of the things I've, I've noticed is um, I'm, I'm aiming at, at a new certification and say, okay, I would like to do this. And, when I get into the process, I, I, really, I really enjoy learning these new topics. And uh, I'm getting amazed that this boring topic actually is pretty interesting. And I'm digging deeper and deeper into that. And as you say, Troy, you get, you get some knowledge, 
you get some skills uh, if you're doing lapping. Uh, um, you can use afterwards and half a year, one year after, by magic, oh, you've got a task, you've got a job, you've got a gig, where you, where you actually can use the skills and the knowledge you learned by taking the journey uh, towards the certification. So yes, I, I, I do agree with you, Troy. Um, you get so much just by starting up uh, the process of getting certification. And yes, it is nice to, to finish uh, the, the journey by, by getting the certification. But for me, the most valuable part is actually the journey. I think that's a key point. And I, I always tell people whenever they come on any CCIE classes that, that look, it is the journey that, that makes you the CCIE, that makes you the expert, not, not yeah. going into a room, sitting there for eight hours, then leaving that room and being given a number. And, and I tell people, if you, if, whenever we do the CCIE, I say, you don't fail. You fail when you give up. We don't use the F word. The F word is fail. So if you don't pass on your first attempt, that's not a fail. That's not passing on your first attempt. I know a guy that passed on his ninth attempt. Okay. Got a huge pay rise and now is VP of something. And the reason that he's VP isn't because no one cares that you failed or you didn't pass eight times. The old story, the guy or the gal who graduate bottom of the class from medical school, what do you call them? Doctor, the end. Doesn't matter. If you, if you, plus, if you, plus, if you pass with flying colors or if you just scrape a pass, you still call doctor. Okay? But, but still, uh, one point, to, uh, you, you may call them doctor, I just don't call them my doctor. <laughs> <laughs> so, so are you one of these people that walk? Oh no, that's not funny. <laughs> say, uh, can, I see your, can I see your presentations? Well, well, one thing, a couple of things I want to circle before I forget them. You, you guys mentioned, you know, you want to do a training provider, you want to do a class. If call up the training provider and say, can you give me someone who will recommend your class, please? If they can't say yes, Go find another training provider. Any any excuses? Hey, I want you to come and install location in the Wi-Fi in a, in a warehouse for me. Okay. Um, number one, have you installed location in the warehouse? Give me a customer that's happy with your installation. Oh well, yeah, thank you. Bye bye. You want them to say, sure. Here's 15 customers. Here's three customers. Call anyone. They've said they'll happily vouch for us. Okay. Uh, second thing I want to mention is. We've kind of skirted around this. When you do any form of training, what do you guys think about having equipment or simulations to practice on? Is it easy? Can you, can you become a CCIE? It's reading books, or do you need to actually start typing stuff? Uh, Troy, what do you think? For the, the CCIE uh, type level, those advanced certifications, I I, I don't think it's possible without hands-on exposure, uh, access to the equipment. Um, one word that uh, you mentioned that kind of triggered me is I, I think you need uh, real equipment. Uh, it doesn't have to be you know, on-site real equipment. It could be remote uh, lab gear, um, but simulators will not cut it for that level of exam. You need to experience uh, the messages when you enter commands that are invalid. Uh, you need the, the, the real bugs uh, to appear and you need to experience that. Um, because that, that could be part of the, the experience is understanding those limitations that um, 
you definitely want to avoid uh, simulations or, or emulators. You need to be on the real equipment at, for, for that level type of exam, but you do need the hands-on. That, that is, is critical. And to be successful at the CCI level, you need to be you know, Johnny on the fly with your CLI uh, command speeds, if, if, depending on which uh, flavor of CCI exam you're going down, but you, you need to be spot on. You can't be thinking about commands. It needs to flow out of your fingertips to be success, successful. So I'm going to counter that. I think you also need hands-on experience with whatever level, even if you do in introductory level. If you do, if you sit a CCNA and you do simulations, and then you get a job, and someone says, "Here's my 2600 routers." Oh, I'm sorry, I only worked on 3600s or 3800s. I don't know 2600s. The point is, I think it's important that you get hands-on at all levels. Is what I'll come to it. Tor, what do you think? Definitely hands-on. You need to have hands-on. Uh, we, we, there's different approaches to learning, and and uh, and uh, the single person will learn by listening, reading, um, and getting hands-on. And and it all all about getting the the synapses uh, built thick, thicker and thicker, uh, because you 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 need to get some some input from different kind of uh, medias. You, you could say your eyes, your ears, your hands. And as you, as you say, Troy, uh, when, you, when you need to be, um, you, you need to have kind of a, a reflex. Is it called that? Yes, right? Reflex, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Re reflexes. Then you need to be, be sitting and typing the same command thousands and thousands of times. You need yeah. to... To, to see what happens on the screen, get the feedback, and, uh, and the unconscious part of you will actually then learn the stuff and you'll be faster and faster. So yes, definitely. And I agree with you, Phil, uh, on the entry level also, uh, hands-on uh, is, is important. It is. And for my part, the way I learn, I read, and then I go, as I said, I build the lab, I build the system and I break it. Um, that's my approach. So I, I found it very interesting. I, I'm going to try and light this up the story now. Um, I heard a story that the, the Chinese defenders, when they first came across the samurai from Japan, they thought they were magical because the Chinese defenders would do a sword fight with the samurai. And it was as if the samurai knew what you were going to do. They tried every kind of attack, and the samurai countered and defended. And it turns out that the samurai spent countless hours every day sword fighting. And they got used to recognize that when you take a particular stance, they knew what type of attack was coming. And it's got nothing to do with magical samurai. It's They've spent thousands, you said thousands, and I think that's a key point. If you think to become a CCI, you've got to spend hundreds Type the command in hundreds of times. It's more like thousands of times. If you spend thousands of hours doing something, even hundreds of hours, if you spend time doing it over and over again, it almost becomes a part of you. And you don't think to yourself, I need to type in the command to show something. You just do it. And th there's a difference between believing, thinking, and understanding and just doing. And I think that's a key point you raised there, Tor. Repetition, especially in CCIE, as you said, Troy, 
um, is very, very important. Um, I'm aware of the time, and I just want to ask one more question. What is your opinion of customers' awareness of certifications? I asked this question because a couple of years ago, I've been meaning to get my CWNE for the longest time, and I eventually got around to it last year. Um, what really prompted me was I've been doing wireless design for a long time. I've um, written courses on it and subject matter and things. I had a phone call from a gentleman that says, Phil, I've been given your name. Do you know how to design wireless networks? I said, well, I think I do. I don't want to be too pompous. Yes, I think I do. I've just, another question, I've designed wireless networks and they work. That's a better question. Okay, he said, fantastic. I've got a customer that wants to pay someone urgently to review a wireless design they've got. Only thing is, are you a CWNE? I said, no, but I know how to design wireless networks. And this guy was like, I'm sorry, the mandate from the customer is they have to be CWNE. And the point was, he didn't care what experience you had or how many people you can give him as recommendations. He was using the certification as a guaranteed requirement of what he thought was needed. And I'll give you another scenario of somebody else told me that if you go and work in government um, over in Washington DC area, a lot of government contractors will demand that you have a CCIE on your payroll. So certifications are, what I mean is to get the contract with the government, you need like a, a, a PhD, a master, or a CCIE. It's, it's a requirement that you have a certain number of these types of people with the certifications to get, so the company you're working for can get the contract. Are you finding this is becoming more and more? Troy, are you finding that people are aware of the certifications more and more now? Um, yes, yeah, so just, just before we go into that, uh, just uh, going back to your comments about the, the doctor, the person who finishes last in, in med school. They're, they're still doctor. They have that designation of doctor. You know, it's a minimum defining threshold. It, it's somewhere where they can draw the, the line in the sand. Um, oftentimes, I think about uh, certifications um, like uh, getting your driver's license. It qualifies you to a certain point where really it, it opens your eyes so that you can learn more, dive deeper. But you've, uh, maybe you guys have seen those comp competitions they have on TV, you know, the, the U.S.'s or you know, Canada's worst driver. And they have these people drive a driving course and they, they have their driver's license, but they're horrible drivers. There's, there's no way you'd want them on, on the road. And so the same thing happens, right? So you could have TCIEs who could be like, you know, the world's worst drivers uh, that they sure they, they meant that minimal, uh, the minimal uh, requirement. They, they passed the, the exam and, you know, they've they're proven, proven that they know something, but they're, they're still, you know, on the show for the being the, the world's worst, uh, worst driver. Uh, so it's, it's a line in the stand there, but uh, in terms of uh, uh, certification recognition and awareness, um, Cisco's been around a long time in the networking space. Uh, if you're in the IT community, there's, there's a good chance, you know, you've heard of Cisco and you've heard of the CCIE. Um, unfortunately, I think on the, on the, the wireless side of things, uh, um, as much as we like to think wireless is a, is a big slice of the, the pie in terms of the, the IT space, wireless is a very small sliver uh, from, from what, what I've seen. You know, in the wireless community, we're all raw, raw wireless, but wireless as a whole is, is quite small. Uh, which is interesting because I think it's one of the most um, popular access mediums that, that we have now uh, going around today. So, so a lot of people uh, know the term Wi-Fi, 
Um, but the, the awareness, I, I think the brand recognition of CDMMP is definitely not where I'd like to, to see it. Um, a lot of the, the postings that I've seen, uh, they'll call out, you know, vendor specific certifications like CCIE and they'll say, and we want you to have a CWNP, right? Which is a reference to the organization, not a specific certification itself. So I, I think recognition, at least seeing CWNP called out on job requirements, job postings, I, I think is moving in the right direction. But, but I do think there's a little bit of lack of uh, awareness. Uh, and part of the onus falls on us to, to, you know, champion, um, to our customers, clients, the community as a whole, to, to bring that brand awareness. Let's say, hey, when you when you ask for someone, your example, when someone asks you to uh, to review that design field, uh, one of the reasons they're asking for CWE is because there is there is market awareness that when it's reviewed by someone with that level of knowledge, that they'll bring the skill sets, the best practices. Uh, and the, the the bearing of information and experience to that design to say yay or nay that this design will, will be successful or not. So I I think there's a lot of work we need, we need to uh, to go down to, to see that improvement. But but I think it, it, it's coming. Cool, awesome. So what about you? What's your perspective from Europe on that? Is are certifications deemed important Certif there? Yeah. Certifications are, are at least used to to filter out candidates. Yeah. Um, and, and 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 it makes sense. You you need to have something you can measure on, and there there the certification is one of the parameters. Um, and I, I I will agree with the, with you, Troy, that uh, we we have seen uh, uh, CCIEs that should have been uh, sitting behind a desk, uh, not touching any equipment. Um, and they do no, um, but but. It, 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 it really takes a lot of knowledge uh, and skills to pass the, the high-end test, the CWNE, the CCIEs, uh, and so on. So, so if, if you pass that marker, um, you, you, you actually can understand some, something here. You have a certain level. Um, and you, you could always argue that a, a, C, a CW. Uh, a CCNP or a, a CWNA certified um, has more skills or knowledge in a certain area than a CCIE has. But but in general, I would say companies sees that the CCIE, the CWNE, is kind of a a, a guarantee that we have a certain level. Um, and we know, we all know that CCIEs can walk in water, right? <laughs> you don't know the story? Tell us, Tom. Uh, MCSE, um, what was the novel? Was what was well, it called? Was, uh, MCNE, wasn't it? An MCSE, a novel certified, a novel certified, and a CCIE was sitting in a boat on a lake in Sweden, I guess, um, fishing and uh, sitting uh, many hours, uh, sometimes nature calls. So the CCIE have to leave the boat, go to the forest or so. Uh, and he jumps off the boat and walks over the water, uh, finish what he has to finish and uh, walks back to the boat. And uh, now I have a, tr a challenge here because I have to say this in English. Um, <laughs> so the the CNE certified well, novel, yeah, 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 
the CNE uh, also have to go into the, the, the forest and, and he jumps out the boat, walks uh, across the water and uh, finish and get back to the boat. And then the MCS CSE also needs to go to the forest and uh, he thinks uh, these two highly skilled, highly certified guys are able to walk on water. I'm also highly certified. Uh, so, so I should also be able to, to walk on water. So he jumps out the boat, goes to the bottom, drowns. And um, what's it called these? Uh, now I'm ruining it now. <laughs> yeah, the, the NCE uh, then, then uh, asked the CCAE, uh, didn't you tell him about the stepping stones? And the CCAE says, stepping stones? <laughs> what stepping stones? <laughs> exactly. So that's that's how we know the CCIE. That's, that's an old, old joke, isn't it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> that's probably uh, what MCSEs hate CCIEs. I'm, I'm an MCSE. <laughs> also. <laughs> I, um, I was an MCSE from Windows NT4. Was that oh, 10 years ago? Yeah. 10 years ago? Um, yeah. I think that's more. That was the the, the, the the millennium before now. The last millennium, yeah. I was in the last millennium. Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, the, the CCIE labs are, are slowly opening again. Uh, oh, cool. Um, there's some, some reopening dates in September for Beijing and uh, for Brussels. Um, that's interesting. But that's something, some information you can, you can check in. in Europe first. Okay. Yeah, of course, Europe makes sure. sense in my world. Gateway to the world. Yeah, I mean, right? I mean, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Good. There's probably people listening to this going, "What does a Canadian, a, a, a Danish guy, and a British guy know about life in America?" Right? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> I live here. I, I, I can't say. I can't say. I've been in 47 states, so I've seen things in America. Not well, been living wow. there. Well, there's no life, is there, at the moment? Because we're all locked down on COVID. So, you know, I'm I'm, I'm a nature guy, so I I, I think that's good. Now, well, have you ever that's a bad joke. seen seen the dog, like a dog or a cat, will just stare out of the window? I found myself doing that now. I just I, I I'm just sat there staring out the window, thinking about oh, we used to be able to go for a walk in the park and and go swimming and go for picnics, and and, and I look down, the dog sat next to me, and I'm like. Oh, this is sad. <laughs> I know the dog feels, right? <laughs> it will be better eventually. It will. I, I, I believe so, yes, eventually. we just got to keep on going. Uh, okay, guys, I, I think um, we should call it there for today. Um, so that was awesome. Thank you very much. And we'll see you next time. Okay? All right. You guys. Yeah, thank you. Cheers, guys. Bye. Bye. I'm Troy Martin. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at uh, Troy Mart, uh, the handle Troy Mart. And uh, our co-host, uh, Phil Morgan, how can uh, people reach out and get a hold of you? You can find me on Twitter at, at CCIE5224. It's me. All right. And cool. Thanks, Phil. And Tor Olson, how can uh, people get a hold of you? They can get a hold of me at Twitter um, at the handle at 2RN1. So it's 2 Romeo November and the number one. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Thanks, Thanks guys. guys. Thanks, guys. See you next time. See you. See you guys.